0: This episode of the Fastest Known Podcast is presented by Onyx Backcountry. We're here celebrating Great Outdoors Month with Onyx Backcountry and Leave No Trace. For the month of June, you can get a year of access to Onyx Backcountry's offline GPS mapping app, which is an essential tool for research and planning your next FKT. For just $10, they'll donate the net proceeds to Leave No Trace. Learn more at onxmaps.com slash Great Outdoors. Welcome back to the Fastest Known podcast. Where we don't do a lot of shuck and jive, we get right down to the business with some of the most interesting people in the sport. Today, of course, is no exception, and I'm speaking with the legendary, the one and only Dave Mackey. Good to talk with you again, Dave. Hi, Buzz. (laughs) It's been a long time. We haven't haven't spoken in quite some time. Yeah. um, Well, we live in... Well,
1: actually, I don't even know where you live. (laughs) But I live in Boulder. And Boulder's kind of like that. Even when you were living in here, we you know, you cross paths here and there, but I would more see you in
0: remote places. <laughs> remote places. And I'm indeed happen to be recording this from Moab, mm-hmm. where you and I how many times did we bike the white rim together? At least once, maybe twice. Um, well, I
1: I guess I'm gonna um say did we did we actually bike the whole thing together <laughs> last i remember you you dusted me and galen and, Gail and, and uh, one or two others when you took off Ooh, i hope
0: i hope you had forgotten that part
1: no oh no i haven't forgotten that i talked about that with uh, galen not too many too many months ago <laughs> so i think we maybe twice i think technically we started together Right,
0: right. <laughs> Super classic stuff. Yeah. And, of course, you just uh, went out and did Rim to Rim to Rim, an epic route, always good no matter what. And you have a little history on that because in 2007, you had the FKT. You were the first person to go sub-seven sub, sub seven hours mm-hmm. on Rim to Rim to Rim. So you've got a pretty good history down there also. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I guess 2007. I, I, I couldn't remember what year it was when I was trying to sort it out a few months ago. Um, yeah. So I guess it's the, at the time, the, um, uh, unsupported, you know, whatever. I don't even know. Actually back then I think unsupported or supported was really a category. It's more like you just, you just did it. And I don't even remember being asked, you know, those, you know, different differences, Uh, yeah but i think i still have the third unsupported time according to your fkt website which i didn't even know until i checked it out a few weeks ago
0: well sub seven hours yeah you you certainly do have the the third fastest unsupported time but like you said uh, back then support unsupported i mean to do it supported that that thought actually would not have occurred to us mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah exactly and it it was a different time fkts weren't that big deal it was more like going out in the wind, you know versus you know now it's just you know it's not like different or worse or better it's just it's just a different time um yeah so we just went down and, and did it and came back up and that was it <laughs> I, don't, I didn't i didn't even plan on doing an, you know fkt but when i started it was more like you know like last minute like you know I was with go light you know it was a shoe company and apparel company back then and literally the day before it was like, yeah, I'm going to try to run the best I can. And, you know, they had a new pair of shoes and I thought, Oh, I'm going to try to try to beat these up. And uh, yeah, it just kind of happened. Um, I kind of knew what, um, what the times were before like Alan Curriton. And um, uh, I think there's two other people who ran fast times before then.
0: And then, yeah, it just kind of happened nice it'd be hard to make it kind of happen now because it's it's a different style different era like you say and professional runners can get credit so to speak for well-known fkts and so they they can do race type training and taper before they attempt them nowadays Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah that's that's good you know it's not like invalidating anything that's going on now it's just you know different different times and, um, you know, even you know what I did recently, I guess I thought about it was like, oh, you know, I got one leg, I can go for an f k a t and whatever that is, <laughs> you know, cause not many people run it with a prosthetic leg, and so um, yeah, for you know the athletes who you know have race cancellations, you know there are less events, and there's it's um you know running, trail running, you know mountain ultra running there's a you know more legitimate sport and so there's there's backing behind it and there's more money behind it and so you know athletes have to get you know get things accomplished and um that's great that they can go for you know whatever it is as long as they're you know pushing it is it's a good thing
0: and we also might note that you are what we could call a runner's runner i mean you've always had extremely high level of respect in the community for just being a good person with a great family and a great athlete. I mean you're you're an outstanding climber, cyclist, used to do adventure races, runner. Mm-hmm. But you run you were ultra runner of the year in case people aren't aware of this twice, both from USATF and once from Ultra Running Magazine. So, you know, I know you are going to be the last person to ever say anything about that. But I had to say something because mm-hmm. you're that classic old school. You to talk about yourself and to make any kind of noise would just be enough of it. You would never do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'm modest. And, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I mean, I do. When I get excited about things, I, you know, I'll post on social media like the the run, you know. Grand Canyon recently and yeah otherwise I'm yeah pretty low-key about it you know back in the day I guess I you know had had some wins and and I talk about it here and there it's a different way of of doing it with there was less social media back then but you know I wrote some race reports and even for a little local uh, things around Boulder you know like a a scramble you know scramble race or something up on the Flatirons I played a little session about it
0: but not, nothing crazy. <laughs> nothing crazy. Well, see, you're yeah. you're doing it again. But uh, <laughs> we, we're gonna we're gonna let that go. <laughs> we <We'll, laughs> people feel 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 free to fill in the blanks here because you know Dave won the Miwok 100. You know he's just done everything. Golden Gate in California. Dave one time waldo 100k i mean i could i could scroll your results over and over it it Mm -hmm. goes down pages and pages and pages but i'm not going to embarrass you i'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. even though i'm tempted to do that
1: you can say whatever you want buzz i don't care (laughs) (laughs) and i know knowing buzz he pretty much says whatever he he he, uh, thinks and feels, which i love
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is true this is true and then we have to identify, of course. In 2015, you took that famous fall, oh, which yeah. was an that was yeah. an that was an odd fall because again, you're an outstanding climber. Remember when you, Galen Bill Wright, and I went up like the south face of the Maiden, which is that was a pretty stiff route. Yeah, I think uh-huh. we did Otto's route in Colorado National Monument together. That's right? And, yeah. yeah. And you're on the yeah. sharp end of that rope. So it's not like you're a clumsy guy. And uh-huh. this was in a relatively casual place, uh-huh. right? The, the yeah. top of uh, bear that's and a rock moved a big, big boulder just rolled off with your weight
1: mm-hmm.
0: and crushed your leg. Mm-hmm. That was a big owie. Mm-hmm. You kept it together. And fortunately people found you and got you off. And after I think a year of I don't know how many surgeries you said, well, it'd be easier just to cut it off. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That sums it up. A, a big owie. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, 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 over the last couple, you know, years or months, it's, you know, in the last few months I, I hear about stuff that happens and, uh, you know, from my context, it's, you know, I had that thing happened, you know, the, the freak thing that, um, you just don't expect. And, um, yeah, you know, of course, you know, it happens here in the hills and even where I had my accident, you know, people have, uh, I think a couple of people in the last year have died up on, um, South Boulder peak, you know, just things happen, you know, right here, you know, in your local peaks and, um, you read about them once in a while. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the dice rolls and that's how it comes up. Um, you know, even for trail runners who are like, which what I am, but you know, like you're alluding to, I have some climbing background and, um, yeah, you can step on the wrong rock or slip and, uh, and there you go. So it happened to me and, you know, I, uh, I think I slipped actually, it's what May 8th right now, I think today. So on you know, on May 23rd, that'll be the, um, uh, 2015 I had my accident. So what, seventh, sixth year. So, I don't really keep track of anniversaries. I don't, I don't really do that. But um, just to ask my wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it happened. And yeah, it's uh, just a consequence of being in the mountains. Well,
0: that's a good attitude. Yeah. Uh, and you've, obviously, you've done really well because you're, you're you're back at it, you're doing all sorts of things. It's, it's, it's really quite. Well, my opinion is quite remarkable that the sort of things that you're doing mm-hmm. post injury, right? Mm-hmm. You went back and did the Leadville one hundred again. Mm-hmm. And your time was really good. To 24 hours, fifty-four minutes. Now that's you know, about six hours slower than what you did it pre accident. Yeah. But twenty four fifty-four, a lot of people would take that time. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It was that was yeah, the Leadman Nancy area. So that
1: was the the, the culminary culminating event of the, the series so yeah that that time was good I'm psych, I'm psyched about that I plan on sub24 you know but it was on top of the whole series which was really important to me to finish that you know that was 2018 that was kind of you know I lost my leg or cut my leg off in 2016 and took another you know year and a half to, to get back and um, and complete that but yeah that, that was a, a big part of um, you know, just finishing up or just completing, you know, a recovery from losing my leg and getting back to close to the person I was. And I'll never be the same person after, you know, when someone loses any part of their body, but, you know, especially their leg or has a severe injury, they're never the same person. But for me, that was a big part of it. And, um, to do it, you know, 2018, 2019, um, and, uh, I'm going to do it, again and this summer last year it was canceled i had been registered but I'm, I'm planning on completing it again this summer so is this um, lead
0: or, or just the, the trail 100
1: well the i would never run the trail 100 unless i was doing the whole lead man series <laughs> ah, <laughs> i kind of ah. just decided that because it's you know for anybody who's out there planning on running the lead 100 run you, you might consider doing the whole series. You know, even though it involves mountain biking, which takes a a certain skill set, it actually, if if you're lucky enough enough to live in Colorado, you can go up and do the marathon, uh, run the 50-mile races, and then ramp up to the hard stuff in August. And it it actually leads you in a pretty good place to to finish the Leadville 100 run. So I'd recommend that highly. So, um, yeah, my plan is to – I'm never going to run the solo. Well, I shouldn't say that. Never never the 100 run without running the series it's uh, it's too much fun to not do it
0: gotcha okay well (laughs) we all have our different definitions of fun do we not yeah well i I don't think yours has changed you said you're a different person i'm not so sure about that
1: (laughs) yeah well you've done all that stuff buzz you know you've run you've run the lib 100 right
0: oh yeah. yeah yeah
1: when did you run it
0: Oh jeez, you know you, you've <laughs> turned the, the you've turned the tables on me. I, I know. I research everyone else, I study everyone else, but me, I can't remember any of those things. Yeah, I, I know you've done it a couple of times. I never looked up the years, not recently. Yep. well, I like the you, double. I went for the bike and the the run double. Right. Because yeah. they are on successive weekends.
1: Right. Exactly. So you 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 did you know ninety percent of what the lead man is about those two events. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Good job. Uh, Well, thank you. I've always wanted to go up there. Wow, this is a little bit of an aside, but I actually emailed Ken and Mary Lee uh, 15, 20 years ago saying, do a third event, which is a 100-mile paddle kayak around Turquoise Lake. Mm -hmm. I would love to do the triple. Mm -hmm. And I kind of tried to talk them into it. They wouldn't go for it. And then Marshall Ulrich did it on his own. Oh, he did? I didn't know Yeah, good for Marsh. Yeah. Oh, Cool. Cool. See yeah, but he was such a yeah, such a gentleman.
1: After or before after the, all the
0: mm, I don't yeah, yeah, remember that paddle, now. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. But, he, but what a yeah. gentleman. Because he you knew it was my idea. So he said, Buzz, do you mind if I give it a go? I said, uh-huh. Thank you for asking, but it's all yours. And he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, Marshall's great I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So the the, the obvious question here has to be so a prosthetic leg obviously the technology has gotten a lot better Mm -hmm. and but and and this is a dumb question but i still it is still a question what does it feel like what does it feel like with a prosthetic leg and a regular leg what i mean how does that go yeah it's well
1: like today for example I, i ran about 12 miles i went from my house up to a bear Canyon up to the back of green and then, you know, tag green mountain. It came back down more or less the same route. And it's, um, as far as how it feels, it's remarkably similar once you get used to it. And when I had the leg amputated, I really wasn't concerned about how it would feel. It was more, as far as like the technical, like, you know, proprioception and whatnot. I knew I'd be able to run, the, the big difference is is placing the footing because you have to you know when racing with with two legs here it's you know for running at a high level your your mind doesn't even register where your foot is going it just goes and you're you're kind of getting this feedback loop as you're you know going down a mountain really fast you know, you know uphills will you know much slower than running downhill but for a prosthetic leg you you have to register each step you have, to, you have to think about the placement, particularly if it's like uh, cobbles or any kind of you know water, like in, in Bear Canyon today. It was you know, there's more water right now because of you know spring storms, but you have to think about where you're putting your foot. And um, and part of it is, you know, so you don't stumble and fall, you know, face plan on the trail. So it's just it's just slower, particularly, you know, downhill, um, and uphill because you, you you just don't have the same um, same muscle groups supporting you. Um, so, and, you know, I also, another part of my whole you know, process of losing the leg was I, I had to have my vastus lateralis muscle, which is your, your lateral thigh muscle removed. So I have, you know, usually there's three, you know, main uh, muscle groups in the front of the leg. I'm sorry, there's four, but I had to have one taken out as far as the, the um, process of uh, all these surgeries. And so I have less strength on my left thigh um, than on my right leg. Um, in addition to having the prosthetic, so it's a, it's definitely a more cerebral process of running. Um, and there's some more pain. I've actually come to a point right now where you know, there's a socket that goes on a um, on the stump or the residual limb, and and there's you know that's the interface you know between the materials and the skin. You know, just like anybody who has a a running shoe you put in a brand new running shoe you might get blisters you might not but with the socket there's there's more forces working in there so i've learned to manage those but the, the first year of having the uh the prosthetic socket that was probably the hardest part versus the actual running blade the running blade was was actually really easy it's just kind of like you know plug in and, and go but the socket and um avoiding you know friction and uh and chafing is pretty challenging even never mind running, but just walking. Like I see, I see uh, amputees or newer amputees, you know, occasionally, and and they've got friction and blisters and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty tough.
0: Hmm. I can see that. That's where the the metal, the artificial part, meets the skin.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's more of a. Um, I guess uh, the actual part that meets the skin is. Is a liner. It's a uh, like a gel liner usually that actually contact the skin, and then that goes in uh, like a um, like a poly. You know, I can't even know what kind of uh, acrylic type fiber that's then on the liner, and then that goes down to the external shell of a socket, and then into the blade. So it's just that contact of the gel against the, the skin can be challenging, especially
0: you know initially. Especially yeah. after hundred miles, maybe.
1: Yeah. Oh man. I yeah, the last the last time I ran the the level hundred two two years ago now. It was cancelled. Last year it was I mean Bob Africa, he was with me, you know, after the turnaround at Winfield. I was stopping so, so much. It was brutal. Wow. <laughs> I decked like literally literally cut sections of the whole, you know, the whole liner out of my socket because it was so bad. <laughs> but then you you figure it out. That's just, you know, whatever. It's just another form of ultra running only a little <laughs> bit more advanced <laughs> really it's all like i'm not kidding it's like you think about like I, i've got it bad but you, you, there's 200 mile races now there's whatever there was, was it mike mcknight was in the hospital because of you know he started a 200 mile race the other day and he he was you know he had rhabdomyelosis and you know there's always extreme I'm, I'm on the spectrum i guess you know whatever six day races or anything I'm just kind of somewhere in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're somewhere in there, indeed. Yeah,
1: you can can relate to it, Buzz. I mean, you've done you've done adventure races. You've done like multi-day stuff. I, I read your what you did with Peter back when you know in the canyon for what four days. (laughs) five and a half actually yes yeah Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's like the same stuff you know but you you have an able body until you're you're pushing the limits you know differently and you're carrying you know all your food you have to find water you know you have to you know have real risk and consequences because you know for me like down in the canyon yeah i got like you know, it's fourteen hours. If I if I screw up, I can jump on a mule, right? <laughs> Eventually, maybe the next day. But you know, but you you can relate to the the aspect of, you know, whatever kind of body you have as far as like pushing the limits. You know, and even you've been doing it for so long and you did it like what, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> which is really cool, you know.
0: Well, yeah. thank you, Dave.
1: Yeah, no, seriously. Sure. That's like that's super cool.
0: Thank yeah. you. Well, I think we all as you are hinting we all exist somewhere on the spectrum yeah exactly it, it, it's all yeah. relative you know you, you look at someone and say yeah. man you're so fast and that person will say mm-hmm. well i would lose mm-hmm. a high school track meet in kenya you know so it's it's right we're all we're all relatives we're all somewhere on spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> a spectrum yeah spectrum it's uh it's a strange spectrum sometimes mm-hmm. um and I think what pertains here is something that uh, what's his name? Now? Bill, the person who invented lightweight sh- snowshoes, lived in Leadville. Bill Perkins. Perky Bill. Bill Perkins yeah. said when Peter and I were doing the FKT on the Colorado Trail, anyone who thinks they're hardcore mm-hmm. is not. Right. <laughs> because that means you think you're doing something special. See, if you're truly hardcore – it seems normal. Mm-hmm. This is the norm. Yeah. So he, that was kind of an insightful comment coming from outside the spectrum. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, yeah. I, what do you run the, whatever little two mile loop, you know, I go down and uh, I guess I'm known for doing laps on things around here, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like springbrook loop, you know, it's a little mountain bike trails to two and a quarter miles, you know, you do that. I do that like eight times, 10 times. Sometimes I mountain bike and it's like just whatever normal. It's kind of fun. It's a great little trail. And so people see you and they're like, how many times have you done that? And I've only seen them like twice. And, and i say, like, oh, like, you know, eight times. And they're like, oh my God. <laughs> well, that's, on, that's only like what, you know, 16 miles, like whatever. Everybody's got their own little perspective. But, um, yeah. And then there's, you know, people like, like you,
0: <laughs> like me, yeah. <laughs>
1: but I've never, I've never done anything like what you've done, like as far as uh, you know those those adventures you've
0: had. Uh, well, 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 now of course we need to change the topic here <laughs> because you know, as the host, I get to be the person who doesn't have to talk about himself. <laughs> That's sort of my prerogative because I'm just like you. I don't like talking about myself. Yeah, and, and fortunately, I'm the host, so we can I can always defer these uh, you know these conversations. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh, so in the socket, the gel, and then the blade, but I really get this proprioception, so and that leg is just gone, so, but you still do trails, you still do the like you said, you went up Bear Canyon. Have you ever thought of doing like easy trails or roads where proprioception wouldn't be as big of a factor um
1: no. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's boring. Um, no, I, I never. I like I used to go do, whatever, like you know, speed workouts on Marshall Road or you know down in South Boulder Creek Trails. No, it's it's too boring. <laughs> yeah, I, I just go, I go west from where I live. That's it.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah. Now you mentioned the bike. Uh-huh. So how does that work on the bike? You use a regular bike shoe and regular clips, or is it a different clip?
1: No, it's a different. It's the same clip. It's an SPD clip. On mine, I could use egg theatres or anything. Um, it's a. I just put a shoe on the actual uh, the foot part of the prosthetic, so the, the socket, and then there's like a um, non-dynamic, which means there's no energy return. You know, there's no, like, spring, which in a running blade, there's energy return. In um, a different kind of prosthetics, there's, there's no spring. It's just, a, you know, like a, like most people you see walk around with one leg, They there's not a blade. It's just, a, you know, a, um, like a, a pylon, I guess it would be, that leads down to a foot. And so that foot just goes in the um, bike shoe that clips to an SPD uh, cleat and just, you know, same way you lever in and out. I have no problem like turning your foot, you know, your ankle laterally and clipping in and out, you know, no matter no matter the terrain. So it's, exact, it's exactly the same. I use the same setup for, um, you know, mountain bike the Leadville 100 as I do, you know, walking around at work. It's just the same um, except for I'm not wearing a bike shoe, I'm wearing a, a regular shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very easy to, to do, but there's different mm-hmm. ways some people, I've never seen it, but there's there's a direct mount where you don't need a bike shoe. You can just have a a piece that can clip directly into the the pedal of the uh, bike shoe. Probably a little awkward for you know, a Kaika bike, but you can. I'm sure someone
0: can get through it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It- Would it seem that biking would be easier than running because there's no impact and less need for proprioception? Oh,
1: oh, definitely, it's way easier doing that. The impact—it's really fun. Even
0: with running, especially with biking
1: and even skiing, I don't even realize I have a a prosthetic leg. Um, In a lot of ways, you know, unless you have a problem, then which happens regularly, but you got to figure something out. Uh, but otherwise when things are going good, it's not like with skiing or, or gravity you know, sports or mountain biking or even biking, you know, uphill, which is against gravity. I don't even know I have a, a fake leg. I don't even think about it unless I look down and then, you know, I fight shorts on. It's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> here I am. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, it's not a, a, a big deal really. It's, it's really pleasurable. You know, like, um, you know, Malcolm Daly has, a um, prosthetic leg and really well-known here in Boulder. Otherwise in the climbing world, that's, that was his, you know, biking was, was his, uh, you know, big deal. He did, still did skiing, but, you know, I, I know he had problems with his, uh, his normal leg or, you know, the leg that wasn't amputated. So he wasn't really an ultra runner, but he was a climber and he still figured out, you know, how to do those sports. And you um, know him saying that, you know, biking was, was his saying, you know, five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Biking is great.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll have to get out. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Biking is great. No impact unless you get hit by a car.
1: Uh, Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's got that problem. (laughs) Right. Or you hit a tree or something.
0: yeah but uh you generally i mean the, like if you enter a bike race the over 50 category is tough mm-hmm. because they're all you know ex-runners who can't run anymore but they can keep biking and so the mm-hmm. over 50 category is a little soft for running but it's really tough in cycle races uh-huh
1: exactly yeah yeah and i met over on at age 50 you the the gopro games this was like 10 years ago, but he he was like in the top five, I think, overall for, for the Vale Hill climb part of the, the GoPro games, which I did not long ago. And yeah, they, exactly. Yeah, you just got, need an engine.
0: What you are uh, working with Alter, I believe. So mm-hmm. you yeah. just use the regular shoe. Is that then on both feet?
1: Uh, no the blade the blade is a um a fill hour running blade but the, yeah all my as far as my right foot yeah I run um in in ultra shoes yeah I ran the the temp three this morning um on my run and then mm-hmm. yeah the the
0: same stuff you guys you guys run in yeah exactly well ultras you know they have that classic zero drop uh-huh. which means there, there's no heel left and they have that the shape of the last actually looks like one's foot uh-huh. instead of a pointy toe. Um, if if I was to trace the outline of my foot on a piece of paper, it would look like the ultra last.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have a semi-wide foot and it's not like super
0: wide, but it's, yeah, it works, works great for me. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. They're a good company. They're now based in nearby Denver. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, I was happy to move down here, even though the pandemic, I've been able to visit too much. But yeah, they're down here. They're co- a couple employees are are uh, in Utah still, but yeah, mostly around Denver. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Good. Well, Dave, I always ask, "What's next?" It's one of my standard questions. But you mentioned you you're going to do the Leadman series this year, or are you waiting for next year?
1: Uh, no, this year. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. Assuming it happened. I, I think it will. Um, yeah, the marathons in, in June and then I plan on going to Western States, not to run, not to race, but just to, to work, uh, one of the aid stations. And then, um, then the 50 mile parts of the, the lead band series are in early, Ju- early July. And then, uh, the, you know, August is when it all comes together. -hmm. I don't, and then I, I'm planning on running the uh, Run Rabbit Run in, in September, um, because that'll get me my Hard Rock qualifier. (laughs) Ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll see how it goes. I, I, I know finishing that Leadville Hundred is is brutal. So to come into another hundred the next month will be will be rough, but. You know, I think I can do it. And if I get in the lottery and, and get in, in uh, hard rock, yeah, that'd be, that'd be killer. I tried to get in before, you know, before I lost my leg. And uh, I never made it after five tries. So I'll give it a shot, see what happens.
0: Did those five tries lay over or uh, <clears throat> carry over, do you think?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Because mm-hmm. I kind of a bit of a gap so I couldn't put in an entry. So I, I have no idea. and even you know, whatever, there's a remote chance of like getting in, you know, whatever, few number of tickets I have, but whatever. I want, I want to try for it at least.
0: What the heck might as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd love to do that. You know, 2021. 2022.
0: Uh, Oh yeah. 2022. Exactly. Right. Someone calculated the odds. I don't remember what they are. I I remember for first timers, it was like 1.2. 8%, 8%, something like that. I don't know. I think it's less, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, 145 slots is not a lot. Yeah, exactly. But the course is fabulous. I mean, the the hard rock course is a terrific course. Uh-huh. You could do soft rock. Maybe, maybe If you don't get in, maybe we should go down there and do soft rock. What is soft rock? Well, you just do it on your own. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then you just have someone meet you at... Mm-hmm. You know, bring a credit card and go into, you know, tell your ride right and your ray. Right. And maybe if someone meets you at the base of Grouse Gulch or something, mm-hmm. and just uh, just sleep in a bed or a cot or a sleeping bag every night and do it over the span of three days, maybe four.
1: Yeah, I could do that this summer
0: if you want. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's keep this in mind. All right. Cool. Okay. And uh, Dave gave everyone the tip about the Lead Man series. But I'll give you my own tip, folks. If you uh, if you value your ego, don't enter a race that Dave is in because then you might lose to a guy with one leg. Now, <laughs> can you really deal with that? Dave, look at Dave. Dave has dealt with all kinds of things. But, you know, do you really – how is how's is it going to feel? It's, uh, so watch out for Dave is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you get sub 24, that will put you in like – like 80th place, I think, or so. And there's still, like, whatever, a couple hundred people, 600 people behind you. So if you can go sub-24, that's a big deal. So, yeah, go for it. I haven't done that yet. Well, not with, you know, a prosthetic life. That's my goal, though.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, gotcha. But isn't the the belt buckle sub-25?
1: Uh, correct, yes. Uh-huh. I didn't know that when I did it in, in 2018. I thought... It was sub 24, but then I was in the middle of the race, and like, yeah, oh, you can get the big belt buckle. I was like, no, I'm going to 25. And someone reminded me that, oh, sub 25 is the big belt, belt
0: buckle. I was like, oh, cool. More incentive. <laughs> well, and that's a tough finish. It's an uphill finish.
1: Yeah. 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 It's not too bad. It's, you know, once you ground out like 97 miles, you can do three miles of climbing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, advice from the masters. David, this has been so delightful. You look, by the way, we of course record audio, but we have video that we don't record. And Dave, you look fantastic. It's really good to see you again.
1: Yeah, you too, boss. Yeah, you look you look great too. Yeah. <laughs> let me know when let me know when you're back in town.
0: I shall do that. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure.